It's the after talk. After talk. It is the after What's talk. Up? I'm meeting after, after talk. Rolls. What's up? After talk. Rolls. It's the after talk, talk. It's the after talk. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, hello, and how are you doing? Welcome to Up With and On What Presents, our meeting at the Crossroads music series, After Talk. Now, the After Talk is where we actually get a chance to go back a little bit and focus in on some of the interviews that we had early in the year with some of the artists. So sit back, relax, snap on the seatbelt, do whatever you got to do, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get nitty gritty and get a little bit around the edges of things, if you know what I mean. Heather Hill's career encompasses work in opera, concert, stage, both national and international, Broadway, TV, and film. Heather's voice can be heard on the 2012 Broadway cast album of Porgy and Bess. She holds a master's degree in vocal performance from the Manhattan School of Music and a Bachelor of Science degree in biology from Clark Atlanta University. Heather Hill, The Soprano. We back, folks. We are back. Did you miss me? Nah, why would you? Just getting used to my craziness. Once again, it's on. I'm your friend, the Atlanta neighborhood podcaster, Darren Lorenzo, the host. And let's give a big what's up to the co-host with the most, the ever so suave Coolio Julio Bruno Diaz from New Jersey. This is episode four already, y'all. Episode four, part one, with the beautiful and elegant opera soprano herself, Heather Hill from Colorado. She's known as The Soprano, not to be confused with the gangster mafioso show Sopranos. I love that show. Damn, man. I know Bruno knows a lot about that life in Jersey. You want to tell us about it? A little bit about it? No, nah, not in public. No? Okay. I can take a hint. Let's get back on track. This episode will touch on one's journey to Broadway and talks of some of her travel and stories. We will not get to talk about Heather's favorite drink, but I presume it would be a martini or champagne, champagne. Mine this week has been 19 Crimes once again. The uprising part of 19 Crimes. I'm presently drinking a 420 strand beer with mango kush wheat ale. Hmm, will I get lifted on a whole new era? Nah, no, maybe. I don't know, whatever. Let's tune into the conversation Miss here and the talks of her love for music and her growth. Me and Heather uh, had the pleasure of actually going to college together at Clark Atlanta University, one exceptional <laughs> university. Yes. Find a way to make one. Cultural <laughs> for service, that's right. Yeah, and when I wasn't so fidgety, I was at least able to sit in um, choir philharmonic with her for at least a little bit of the time when I wasn't trying to do other things. <laughs> which shall, some of which will remain nameless on me. Look at you, look at you. So how you been? <laughs> Good, good. This has been a crazy time and it's yeah. a lot of adjustments. So I'm I'm rolling with the best. Of course, of course. We're used to adapting in any situation. We have to adapt at all times when we do shows, live shows, uh, performances, uh, auditions. <laughs> That's the name of the game for us. What has your pandemic been like thus far? Now, you're in uh, Colorado right now? I'm in Colorado right now. Um, I'm, okay. I grew up mostly in Colorado. So it's my, my other home. Um, okay. I have my apartment in New York and I have my home in Colorado. And I was actually, it, it's been quite a pandemic. The way things started is I was in Phantom of the Opera, subbing in for someone who had an injury. And then I left to go do a brand new musical. And that was happening in Pennsylvania 
California and we got through our first preview and then everything shut down. So we got through the preview so we could at least, you know, get it um, uh, recorded so we can come back to it sometime, hopefully in the next year. And uh, I went back to New York and I was there for about five days and I was like, this is going down. It's going south fast. I got up at like three in the morning, threw a couple things in a bag and took myself to the airport and took the first flight out <laughs> to Colorado. That. And that's where I've been mostly chilling. I've been a couple places, but you're like, I'm not about to be in this thing. It looks like a movie. I'm about to get out of here. I mean, it wasn't looking good. And I had an option. A lot of people don't have other options. Yeah. It's like an option. I thought I would take it. So when you left Colorado, did you go straight to Atlanta for school? I did. I went straight to Atlanta University. Okay. I actually got my first degree was in biology. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I always loved to sing. Singing was always my passion. I sang yeah. since I was a kid. You know, my first solo was in my grandfather's church in East Texas. I spent my summers in East Texas. Uh-huh. And I always sing in choir throughout. And when I was, at, as you know, in Clark Atlanta University, I was all about the Philharmonic Society and it's singing in choir. And, but when I wasn't there, I was in the lab doing, doing science, which is an interest. I was kind of encouraged to go more the pragmatic side of things and not necessarily the artistic side. But once I graduated, yeah. I went right back to where my heart was and uh, really went into the arts full time. You know, we talk about ADD now, which I don't really think I have, but I could say in college, based on everything that was going on, I think I definitely did. But on focus and trying to figure out what was next. I was like, yeah, this week I'm not going to go to choir. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> yeah, we tried. We're like, come on, but it's okay. Well, you did good. And I mean, it was like that for about four years. It was just back and forth, back and forth. Hey, like you said, stick and move, stick and move. I had to figure out what else was going on. So leaving uh, leaving Atlanta, did you go straight to New York at that time or were you going no. around? When I left Atlanta, I traveled for a while because that's my other thing. I backpacked around South America for a while while I decided to figure out what next. I went home yeah. to Colorado and I started working for the airlines because travel is a passion and you need to fly around. So I was working for the airlines and I saw a poster in Denver for Disney. Disney was having auditions and they were having auditions in New York. And I thought that would be fun. It'd be like, what's it like, you know, doing a New York audition. And I, my, my best friend was a model and had a photographer take a picture of me. And I took like three songs and I got on the plane and I stood in line all day wrapped around a building because I didn't know you could leave once you had your number. So I literally stood in line for about eight hours that day. (laughs) Try inching forward on the sidewalk to get inside so I could sing my 16 bars. Yeah. And I sang, and the guy was like, That's great. Can you come back on Thursday? And it was like Monday or Tuesday. And I was like, Oh no, I leave, <laughs> I leave tomorrow. And he's like, What? And I'm like, I my leave tomorrow. He's like, Okay, just come back in the morning and sing a little bit. And uh, I said, Okay. So I came back the next day, which was a dancer day, but uh-huh. I, had a day and I was just happy to be there. I saw a Broadway show and I came back the next morning yeah. and took me through the paces. And about two months later, I got a call from Walt Disney World asking me to sing in a group called Voices of Liberty at Epcot, which is look at that. It was incredible because there are fantastic musicians there. They were highly trained. A lot of them were jazz, um, jazz based or classical based mm-hmm. performers. And it was how I got my equity card. I got a lot of great performing experience. I learned some wonderful arrangements, complex music. It was kind of like a, it was not capella group that was like take six add two people so really tight harmonies it was a great foundation um so i was there for about almost two years and then i went back to colorado for a while and i decided i wanted to go to new york and i wanted to do musicals and be on broadway and i flew to new york i was there for a year this will tell you time wise and 9 11 happened and everything stopped but i I wasn't ready to come home yet and I had to figure out what to do with everything happening. And I thought it was good to come back to school. So I went and I got my master's in music and that's when I went into classical music and into opera. 
So that kind of took me from my musical theater roots and ideas into, into yeah. the club. And then I went into opera. From yeah, there. from there. Now, you not only did uh, Phantom of the Opera, but you did... Uh, and Porgy and Bess. Did Porgy and Bess? Okay. Yeah. And now, how was that experience? Um, it was a great transition piece because I had been doing opera for a few years, and really, I'd made my Carnegie Hall debut as a soloist. I'd been yeah. doing opera around the world, literally. I'd been a lot of different places because opera is such an international art. It's everywhere. Um, sure. But I always loved musical theater. It was always a heart for me, so it was not so far for me to you know, want to come back to that. And I heard that they were auditioning for it and I called my opera agent and I said, I don't care what you have to do, get an audition because I wasn't in town when they were having like open calls and mm-hmm. managed to do that and I got cast and it was great because I worked with incredible people, Audra McDonald, Norm Lewis, helming the cast yeah, and just a, a whole bunch of wonderful artists. Porgy and Bess, I had done the opera in, in Europe, throughout okay. Europe and actually in Australia as well. So I was familiar with the story and the show, but we were doing it as a musical, which was a bit of a, a change. And mm-hmm. so it was great. Um, also working with someone like, you know, Norm and, and Audra, who are such wonderful actors. You can't be on stage with that and not give everything because it will look crazy and it wouldn't of course, work. Of course. So from an acting perspective, um, it was great. Um, also, I loved it. I met lots of people. It was a limited engagement and it was, I knew we all knew it was closing because it, it started with an end date. Okay. And I was auditioning while it was still happening. And um, I got cast in Phantom uh, while I was in it. And they wanted me to start before it was closing, but I was like, we have two weeks left of this production. I got to finish. <laughs> I was performing or I was rehearsing Phantom during the day and then performing Pretty Best at night. And then we closed on a Sunday, which happens to be Phantom's dark day. And then I was in Phantom the next day on a Monday. So it was just like nonstop. You and hit the ground running. Yeah. I running. It was great though. It was great. It, it, it allowed for a lot of opportunities and, you know, I just love it. Good. And how, now how long had you been with uh, Phantom? Four years before I left the first time. Okay. A lot of people that are in Phantom, they've been there a lifetime. Like they just don't leave. There are quite a few people who in the ensemble who have been there a long time yeah. because they can. And because, you know, it's one of the rare shows that it ages well with people. Um, as long as you do your job and you come with all the energy, you know, and you're in, if you're in the ensemble and that's where you want to be, mm-hmm. you can stay there for quite a while as long as keep hitting the mark. People have been able to do that. It's not for everybody to do that, but also it's it's a gift that often keeps on giving. I left the show, but I've been able to go back in to sub in for people. And I, I don't necessarily want to take a long-term contract again. When you have a good rapport, because when you work with people, you know, your your attitude, your name, your consistency, your count you being counted on and to they know you're going to do it and you're going to hit it and you're going to come with the energy every time. People will call you back. And Phantom's one of those juggernauts that just keeps going. And now they have tours out so that, you know, people get to weave in and out a lot of times. They still bring new people in, but it's it's been a really cool opportunity to do everything in you know different roles in the ensemble as well as Carlotta. Now, have you done the tours as well? I have not done the tours. No. But is that something that will be easy for you to step into or do they have a different thing that they're doing there? Um, It's a slightly different production, but I don't think it would be a problem to step into it if it were something I wanted to do. Um, Gotcha. It was fitting whatever they were looking for at the time. I bought a place in Portugal for a while. Portugal, all right. But um, I didn't ever fully live there. I love Europe. I'd like to have a place over there someday. And yeah, like I said, multiple streams. I'm interested in real estate. I have air, you know, Airbnb when I'm out, not in Colorado. I, I okay. Um, so you can find ways of doing things. So 
it's actually easier to do <laughs> in other places sometimes. And I have friends there that, that help me manage. I was going to ask you about that. What has your experience been with dealing with the Airbnb on that end of things? I have a friend who was helping me manage my place there. And okay. that's really easy. Um, I wouldn't recommend going in without some research, but the yeah. purchase and part of getting involved like that was actually quite simple. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to lean on that too much, but that, that sounds like quite a life, quite a life that uh, you're having thus far. You speak about all these wonderful shows and wonderful things that you've done and people that you've met. Who were some of your inspirations uh, getting started into the business? Because I know you say you had a love for musical theater early on and you kind of dabbled here and there, but then actually made your transition a little bit later with it. Uh, what voices or people did you look up to, mentors, or even if they weren't musical theater that just got you started on this path? Well, I will say that family was a big influence from the music perspective. My grandmother was a pianist. She was a musician. I have three aunts who have beautiful voices and a sister who has a beautiful voice. So I had music all around me all the time. I just loved musicals and I loved choir. And so I was into music. I didn't have a person that was like that person that made, you know, changed my mind about anything. But I remember when I was a little kid watching PBS and I remember when they were showing Leontine Price, um, the opera diva and Jesse Norman as well um, on PBS, my sister and I would be, we're sitting there riveted, like seeing, first of all, a black woman yes. on PBS, which was a big deal because we didn't have that many well, yeah. examples of people that were celebrated on television to look at growing up. Mm -hmm. And looking at this person making this incredible, you know, music. Then as I got a little older and I always loved, you know, those two, of course, and, and Kathleen Battle was also a, a very, uh, someone I really enjoyed and admired and her voice is extraordinarily beautiful. If you don't know these people, you should Google them and just listen. Yeah. And from pop, I loved Whitney Houston. I, when Mariah Carey came out with her stuff as her early stuff in particular, like that was just, I loved it. And I'm a high soprano. So I was always trying to squeak and make noise and sing them high notes, <laughs> but um, just choir. So I just, I had these people around me and I just loved music and I knew I wanted to sing. Okay, I see you, Miss Hill. Hey, Miss Hill. Hey. Hi, Miss Parker. Hi, boy. What a road she's been on. A couple of Broadway shows under her belt, her travels and tours with a beautiful soprano voice, Phantom, Porgy and Bess, and the new works that she was working on before this pandemic took over. She's had some wonderful and well-known influences, too. Everyone can't say that. I mean, some can, but not everyone. Damn, to own your own home in Europe? She's willing and dealing, y'all, I'd say. She told me if you don't know, now you know, so Google it. Google is your best friend, y'all. Stick and move is her classic phrase for a couple reasons. She believes one should have more than a couple streams of revenue and work. She seems to be a firm believer of higher education and learning. A snap a moment, bringing some unknown facts. Heather Hill's father was number 75, Winston Hill of the New York Jets. I know Bruno is a Giants fan, and I'm a Falcons fan. Fortunately and unfortunately at times, but I'm sure you'd agree, B. Hats off to this legend. Winston Hill is part of the brand new Centennial Class of 2020 Pro Football Hall of Fame. We salute you, sir. Blessings to your legacy and rest in power. If you were given the chance to, I don't know, take a little trip back into like a time machine and... I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say warn, but talk to your younger self, the younger Heather Hill. Uh, what would you tell her uh, to get her prepped or ready for this life that she's about to take on? You know, it's funny about a pandemic. It gives you a lot of time to think about <laughs> the things you've done and the choices you, you know, you made and the good ones, maybe the not so good, but I, I made some good ones. I think I would focus on being present. I'm a striver. I'm a hustler when it comes to my art. I want to work. I want to do good things, but it's so important to really be present 
You can't get so busy working on on the next that you're not able to really take in what's happening right now because it goes. And you also miss opportunities because you're looking forward and you don't see to the left or the right. And um, I would probably emphasize that. Be really present. Um, Something else, this is just from my experience, I would definitely tell myself, my younger self, is that, and, and also because I'm a traveler, is the importance of a home environment. Meaning that if you don't love or like you know, where you're living and it's not a particularly temporary location. As an artist, as a performer, so much of the work you do is alone, personal, whether it's your practice, whether it's your developing skills. Maybe if you're gigging with a bunch of people, you still gotta do your part on your own. And if you're creating art, that often is very solitary or it's in a small group area. And a lot of that happens in your own home. So you need to create an environment that fosters that positivity. If you don't come home and wanna say, oh, I'm here, I'm relaxing, don't stay in that environment. Don't stay just because it's cheap. Find a place if you have to commute longer, but have a place that fosters your mental and emotional well-being for whatever you are taking on. It will foster your creativity and it will really um, edify your life. So that's something I, I'd never heard from anybody. I was just busy trying to figure out how to make it. But going back, I would say, if, if you're not in a good living situation, figure out what you can do to make it so that when you come home, you can decompress and relax and know that you are in a safe space that allows you to create and grow and relax and figure out who you are, not who you are based on what you do. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Miss Hill has been a true inspiration, teaching me if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Leading me to share the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Don't judge my story by the chapter you walked in on. Music imprints itself in the brain deeper than any other human experience. Music brings back the feeling of life when nothing else can. No matter how good you are, people will judge you accordingly to their mood and their needs. In other words, thou shalt change the game. All right, folks, I came, I saw, I forgot what I was doing, retracting my steps and got distracted on my way back. I have no idea what's going on and now I need to refill my cup. So we'll see y'all later on because this is the after talk. On behalf of Up With It Only Productions, we'd like to thank you for hanging out for our meeting at the Crossroads after talk. Now, your attention and time is much appreciated, and we look forward to having you checking in for more later on. Remember, success is only an arm's length away. Stay safe, stay home if you can, and if not, keep practicing social distance with a healthy and cautious way of life. Up With It Only, folks. After talk, what's the haps? What's the scoop? What's going on? After talk. It's the after talk.